the People Show coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Welcome back. A Tuesday is always busy. Uh, coming off of Power Ranks, coming off of chatting with Mark Schofield. We transition, uh, talk about your Vancouver Canucks, and we do so with longtime NHLer, former Vancouver Canuck. You hear him on Tuesdays here on the People Show, Fridays. On Canuck Central, he is Yannick Hansen. This analyst is brought to you by Magnuson Auto Group, Metro Ford, Porco Quitlam, and Magnuson Ford in Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser to serve you. Yannick, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, fantastic. It's a big week uh, for Canucks fans. It's going to be a lot of celebrations this week and uh, a lot of moments to uh, go down memory lane as uh, Roberto Luongo uh, gets uh, inducted into the Ring of Honor later this week. Um, now you kind of came in an interesting time uh, because it was like right right as everything was starting to come in and, and, and Luongo comes in. What was the first signal for you like, oh, wow, this is like a big deal? Yeah, he. Um, I think I was at one camp um, – before they they traded for him, mm-hmm. so so my very first camp he was not there, and the next one I showed up he 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 was there for, um, but but the if the first thing he noticed was uh, like how massive he was in that. It's like how how am I ever going to score a goal again? Um, and then obviously all the abilities and skill to drive the perfectionism, if if you will, that that came with him. Um, so yeah, he was uh, he was a big personality. Um, not in not in terms of here I am see me uh, mm-hmm. hear me kind of thing, but just in terms of of who he were and what he did and how he played um, and and a lot of night especially early on those those uh, eight nine ten uh, that the team relied very very heavily on him. You know we've heard a lot about like the the intensity and in practice when it came to him, right? And and the level of compete that he would achieve and and set for the rest of the practice. Is it different when it's a goalie because it's so like one on one for the players? Yeah, it is because anytime you come down um, and you have that kind of personality, uh, you you like to kind of stick it to them a little bit as well as a player. So you're trying a little bit harder to score that goal on your on your drills, um, just to see if you can get a little bit of a rise out of them. Um, so you kind of push each other that way in a sense that, that he despised being scored on probably in practice even more than in games because um, we'd laugh at him in a different way in practice than when he got scored on in a game. Um, so, so he maybe, I wouldn't say he tried harder in practice, but, but like I said, he, he did everything he could to, to keep every single puck out of the net uh, for the hour and a bit we, we were on the ice. Uh, and again, us players, when you're coming in, you're going to try to, to stick it to him a little bit and try to see if we can get a goal, try to see if we can sneak one five-hole and then laugh at him as you're curling up to your line again and ready to go again. So you have that competitive uh, nature in terms of players pushing him, him pushing players, uh, and in terms of us just getting better in games because of the way we practiced. And you know we've we've heard it from you know all sorts of athletes of just the the competitive environment of practice kind of raising the standard and the, there's always that push of you know trying to achieve consistency but I imagine a lot of it gets set in practice because of you know s- someone's level of compete that that he's willing to push the bar. Yeah, unless you have that famous button, um, and I, I don't know how many people have it and, and can push it on command. Um, you just kind of treat every day the same and if you're practicing a certain way well then we'll play a certain way too and vice versa if we're lackadaisy well then we might play a little bit lackadaisy as well so um the fact that the way we were pushing each other and it wasn't just lou it was a a lot of different guys but 
you're getting pushed left, right, and center in practice. So when it, it was game night, well, this is just what we're used to. This is how we do. This is how mm-hmm. we perform. Uh, so you just go out, and, and it becomes the norm. So it's not like, oh, here, we, we have an important, we got to get no. We practiced with this intensity. Obviously, we weren't hitting each other in that way or, or cross-checking each other in front of the net and, and fighting and stuff. But but again, the intensity and the way you were shooting the puck, you were passing the puck, you were you were skating when you were going two-on-twos and one-on-one battles and stuff like that. That that, that was pretty close to, to game situations. A lot of practices. I'm not saying we, we did that for every single practice because, of course, we didn't. There were days when we went a little lighter on the practice and then not as hard and there were more flow drills. But... Um, when, when it was time to practice, we, we, we practiced like we played. Was there something, uh, it just, you know, when we're talking about, you know, how big he was and, you know, how, how difficult it was to score on in practice, was there anything that you changed about your game as you learned to play with him in practice? Uh, no, but, but you, you learn to excel a little bit. Um, it, it's not enough just to get it on net. It's not enough just to get it kind of in that area. You know, You've you got to pick that spot, and then it's got to come really hard and really fast. Um, so in the games, when you did get it on your stick, well, it came off a little bit quicker as well. Um, so, so it was just a matter of, of again, uh, perfecting your own game, your own shot, your own stick handling ability in order to beat that player in, in, in practice, uh, whether that was a defenseman or, or a center uh, taking face-offs. They, they were equally as, as competitive with that in, in practice, and that carried over to the games. And then, like I said, it, you, you practice in a certain way, it will carry over. Uh, what was your first interactions like? Because you came in during the playoff run, so that, I imagine that would have been different than hey, training camp and, and learning everything about a player. Yeah, again, you, you were always... I think as a new player, you're always a little bit worried or nervous about the big stars on the game because like, um, you have an, an idea of them, what they are of a player, and you see them in the media and stuff like that, but but you never actually rub shoulders with them, so you're always a little hesitant and nervous about, oh, um, does it need to be him first and, and all these things, but but like again, the first time you, you, you meet him, you, you, you see that, the, that that's not who he is. He was kind and and caring and helpful in every way he could be. Um, and then when the puck is dropped, uh, you're, you're competitive as everybody else. But but like I said, I, I haven't had a lot of bad experiences with, with any players that, I, that I've come across. And again, he, he had a, especially early on, I think a, a certain um, idea, or media had a certain idea, fans had a certain idea of who he was. Um, because of how serious he was uh, in interviews and in games and stuff like that, um, but but we saw him kind of behind the scenes and and there was a completely different side to him. And again, that's the side that I didn't know of him when I'd just seen him on TV and stuff like that. And, and then you got to yeah, like I said, uh, have lunch with him or or breakfast or, or dinner or wherever it was. And uh, just like everybody else, uh, obviously wanting to win, but but again, uh, uh, kind and and friendly to to everybody. Uh, you mentioned that big personality, and obviously fans got to learn a lot more about the personality as the years went along and, and where we are today. Uh, so when I mentioned the name Roberto Luongo, uh, what's something that, that you think of off the ice with him? Off the ice? he He's sneaky funny, um, his humor, uh, and that's the stuff you don't really see. Uh, obviously, the first thing when you say, Lou, I, I think of the competitiveness, uh, and, and that was in, in everything that he did, that we did, Um whether it was carts on the plane or it was ping pong or 
uh, you, you name it, uh, competitive, wanted to win. Um, uh, we've been through the, the twins as well. It's the same gene that won the drive to win in, in everything that he did, um, and no different there. Um, so, so, but but like I said, the the funny side of him was uh, was a thing that I I didn't know of, and <laughs> that was uh, pretty neat to experience. Is there a moment you can share where you were the target of the funny side? No, not on the spot like this. <laughs> All right. Well, if you think of one by the end of the interview, uh, please share it. Uh, as as we uh, move towards uh, what we've seen so far uh, the last couple of games and uh, getting ready for Tampa Bay tonight, uh, two in a row now. Uh, what have you liked through Minnesota and Carolina? Yeah, they they've pulled some wins out here. They they've been playing five hundred for for about a month. So you're waiting for 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 this thing to tip one way or the other um again 500 is somewhat okay for stretches when you have this little bit of a cushions but you've seen the teams around them uh, vegas um la and to some extent edmonton now as well are winning a lot of games so so you got to find a way to string some of these wins together um so it's good to see them doing that and doing it against two teams that were on an upward trajectory uh, Minnesota obviously fired their coach. A new guy comes in, and they'd won, I think it was four and a four or five in a row, and, mm-hmm. and then rolling in here. Um, and you find a way to, to play a very boring game, but win the game. Um, next up, you have Carolina, who's in the other boat. Everybody thought they were going to be the cream of the crops this year. Um, very good last year. Very good team on paper. Um, losing streak, obviously looking to turn it around, and they would obviously love to have done it. And, in Vancouver, um, but again, you, you find a way to win these games um, and string some wins. We got another couple of very tough games coming up right now, so so it's good to see that they're able to to get points in in key matchups uh, against good teams, against teams that are uh, potentially uh, playoff teams, uh, which, which is nice to see because they have been kind of feeding a little bit on on the bottom part of the league and then struggling a little bit with the teams that are in the playoffs. So it's it's good to see. Uh, Hoaglander, he, he scores two in a row, and he just come off a little streak there where he had scored four and five as well. Uh, and now he gets his chance in the top six. Uh, how has he fit in this uh, short role so far? Yeah, he's uh, he's looking like the player you needed him to be. Um, he was one of those guys you're looking to to do something that you weren't expecting in order to push this top uh, even more above the top. Um uh, we kind of saw the potential a couple of years ago and then it went away a little bit, but he has a lot of intangibles that you really like, uh, both as a fan, as a, and, uh, as a coach. Um, he, he's very tenacious. He works hard. He gets in on a four check. He uses his body. He's got enough skill to, to kind of complement these top guys and can score when, when chances arises where he's struggled in the past is having too many of these, golden opportunities that you kind of need to score in, in order to stick in, in the top six, where right now it seems like that they're going in for him or they're, they're turning into goals to plays. Um, and, and then he, he's a great player to have in this role because he, he works very, very hard and he's uh, he's a tough player to play against when, when he has a little bit of success and, and confidence with him. What, what keeps players in the top six? Because I, I do wonder at times, like, does he have Production. like a, 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 okay? So it's just that, right? Because I was thinking yeah. about like physical traits, or is it something that he can do? Is it like baseline production? It's production. Uh, nothing will get you faster off the the, the, the top line than not scoring. Um, doesn't matter how good you look. You need you need results there. Uh, you need to win games, um, and you, you need to produce. Uh, otherwise, somebody else will get an opportunity. Uh, it's just the nature of the game. Uh, 
you can't keep having good looks and, and not scoring and keep holding that spot down. Because we've seen some guys here, right? And, and, and obviously Phil DiGiuseppe, you know, wasn't producing and suddenly gets removed out. You know, we, we've talked about Kuzmenko a little bit. Per, wasn't producing, gets moved out. And, you know, Hoagland is producing right now. It just I, Because he's not, you know, big and he's not anyone to think, I'm curious if there's something that will keep him in outside of just production. No, no. And, and that's like outside of uh, PD and, and, and JT, uh, it's probably the only thing. Even Brock last year got moved out when he wasn't producing. Um, it's one of those things. Uh, there are only a couple of players that will get a longer leash, uh, but but even then it can be taken away because you, you do need production from those guys that you're pouring out there in those offensive minutes. And if you don't get it over, depending if they're over an extended period of time, well, that ice time will get taken away. And then by definition, you're, you're not a top six anymore. Um, so you, you need the production. You need the results. Um, it is a very result-driven business uh, on every aspect, but but especially those uh, the, those coveted spot in the top of the lineup. If you don't produce, uh, you, you, your minutes will decrease real fast. Because you know, there's focus on you know things that he's changing his game. If there's a little step, steps of development, and and now as, as you're saying, and I think it's the right answer about production. Uh, it, it's going to be about achieving consistency. And so I, I guess my question would be like, what did you find main? made consistency achievable yeah there, there's no question you can help yourself stay in that situation longer by working on your game and and fine-tuning it and complementing where whoever you're playing with um so like for my instance when i was playing with hanging nanny on the top line i know my my job wasn't to make plays set up place it wasn't me holding the puck on the half wall that that's not while i was there so that's not where my um area of of okay i'm gonna better myself here no, I, I need to get the puck back. I need to fight in front of the net. I need to find a way to get in on the fort. I, I need to do these things in order to help them with their game and in terms them getting the puck more, which in turns would lead them to set me up for more scoring chances. So there are things you can do to your game that will help, but that, that will help his game everywhere, where, wherever he goes. Um, and you're mentioning gay guys in and out, and, and the guys you are mentioning that are bouncing in and out of the lineup, that are, that is these kind of interchangeable guys. Kuzmenko, I wouldn't necessarily put in the same boat as, as Herglander and uh, Phil Giuseppe, but, but again, um, the, these guys, they, they come and go more often because sometimes it's just, oh, he, he's got a hot stick right now, throw him out there, and then the more shots they get, the chance of, of rolling with a guy with a hot stick and they score some goals for you, it'll cool down, back down on the third or the fourth line, and somebody else comes back up. It's very, very, very te- not tedious. It's very, very hard mentally being the guy every night who has to score. Um, and unless you have so much skill that you're that much better than the other players you're playing against, uh, to achieve this over an extended period of time is impossible. That That's why we're seeing so many guys shuffling in and out and you have kind of these twosomes and then you switch a third guy in there. And that third guy tends to be a lot more flexible than the other two. Now he's shooting 26.5%. It's very similar to what Kuzmenko was doing last year. That's not something that's going to sustain. But when you look at this, his role right now, is this, as you are just mentioning, a hot streak to you? 
it, it probably is based on shooting percentage and what we've seen in the past, uh, and it will regress. But but what what's uh, what's nice about it is the other things he does because you can still use it. Okay. You just use yeah. it elsewhere in the lineup, and that's where, in a perfect world, I see him developing into a penalty killer as well because he's obviously not getting power play minutes anymore. Um, so if you can get him some minutes there as well. Um, he's got a very, very active, quick stick. He's got good reads. He's fast. Uh, he, he's all the things you'd like to to have in a penalty killer. Uh, yeah, he needs a center who, who's going to take the face-offs for him. Um, but we've had lots of good wingers who can kill penalties as long as they have a center that can take care of that job. When you were discussing yourself there about you know things you didn't want to do on the ice, that if it sounds like that like that requires a lot of discipline, I imagine in the moment of a recognize how I can thrive by letting others thrive. I'm just curious if a 23 year old player who's scoring goals is is going to know that too. Yeah, but but again, I wasn't necessarily when I was playing on a third line. I wasn't I wasn't playing that style of game either. Right. Uh, I wasn't setting up on the half wall looking for Kesselberg or. Manny or Rat, no, we, we were forechecking, we, we were hounding pucks, we were dicking, we were pitchforking. So it, it wasn't that style, too. And that's why when you get bummed off the line uh, with, with Hanger Danny or whoever it was, well, I don't have to change my game that much. Maybe I'm not looking as much pass first when I get it back on a forecheck when I'm not playing with them, because that was the case. Like, I'm getting in on a forecheck, offensive zone. My job is to get the puck to Hanger Danny. If I'm playing with Manny and Rafi, it might be, okay, let's get to the point and a point shot. Or let's just throw it in the crease and see if we can get something out of that. Um, so your game changed a little bit there where, where it goes from maybe a, a little more, little little less direct uh, because you're looking for a better scoring opportunity, uh, backdoor plays into the high slot, um, stuff like that, that when you have a little bit more skills, you have a bigger chance of, of creating these higher scoring chances which would tend to lead to more goals. Um, so it, it shifts a little bit in that, but it's still the grand scheme of things. It's the same thing you're doing. Uh, something f- uh, to keep an eye on then with Nils Hoaglander uh, as, as people get ready for tonight's game against Tampa Bay. Now, Jim Rutherford uh, met with uh, Ian McIntyre and did a piece up at sportsnet.ca, and he was just talking about you know any number of things, but uh, one of them was talking about like the competitive window, and he said, I actually view the window as starting to just open up because our top players are playing the way they're capable of. Uh, we know we have a good pipeline of players coming, but if players hit the way they're going to in the next couple of years, you have Quinn Hughes, Pedersen uh, at the age they are, Demko and, and Miller at the age they are, and that window could actually be bigger. Now, when you start looking, you know, how many seasons are we going to look at here moving forward where Hughes is playing at this level, Pedersen's playing at this level, you have the goalie with Demko and Miller. And and to me, I'll, ask, I'll pose it to you, like, what is this team right now and, and what does it mean for their window and how aggressive they should be in these next four months? Yeah, four years ago, I would have said their window started last year uh, with, with Bowles and, and JT's contract still very, very manageable. Um, that was kind of when it it started. This is the way where hopefully you could have built a team from uh, from the bubble and through those years and then had a team that could have competed last year. Uh, and then going forward now with cap rising and stuff like that, because now you're rolling into these guys that are in their prime. Yeah, JT is going to get a little bit older. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's only one player out of a core group of maybe five or six. So it's, it's, it's not that big of a deal, but but there's no question that that window and where they are and how they're playing is wide open right now, and it will be uh, for the next number of years because of where they are in in their careers. 
So if if the window is then you know here and and you have to go make one more uh, you know one more acquisition, where are you putting it? Oh, I would like a couple more acquisitions, but uh, I still I still think you're you're thin on D. Uh, Let's start with one, like, like one yeah. premium one premium area. Where are you trying yeah. to adjust? I again, I, it's very hard. Like we we we've just added the Sidorov, which obviously was a a big hole they'd need filling. Um, I would have liked them, and I get that this is me armchairing GMing. I would have liked them to adding a, a true number three defenseman and not a, a bottom parent defenseman, which I think he is. Um, he was an upgrade. Don't get me wrong; is a great price, um, but, but something that could have pushed you over the top a little bit more was adding a legitimate defenseman behind Quinn Hughes and Heronic. Um Somebody, uh, Minadine and Muncher. Uh, don't need a producing defenseman, but need somebody who can be a, a legitimate matchup defenseman who other teams' top playing players hate to play against. I would have really liked to see that. Um, we added a defenseman, so adding another defenseman in that I don't think will happen. Uh, if it does, they'll turn into a very, very deep and very good deep core real fast. Um, so, so you're probably looking at, at a winger somewhere to fill out that top six, uh, which would also be nice. And again, th- this is this is wishful thinking because I know price has to come in as well, and you don't want to sell too much in order to get these guys. And how many times have have trades worked out and all these things? But those those two areas are, are two areas I'd like to see filled in order to say, okay, we when we line up against Vegas or Colorado. Um, we're we're actually on equal footing here. So that's the wish list. Now it's the price to pay it. Is is it is it worth it doing it in these next six months here? That that's it's worth if you win, if you got that crystal ball and we win the Stanley Cup, then <laughs> everything is worth it. You sell the next four first round draft picks, no question asked. Um, it all comes down to to result at the end. If you do something and you win, it's worth it. If you don't, then you uh, was it worth it? Should we have done it? All these things. Uh, that that's the fun thing about sport. Uh, yeah, whatever happens next is uh, what happens next. We just don't know. Uh, Yannick, actually, sorry before we let go, did a Luongo story pop into your head? No, did, that would have required me to triple uh, multitasking here as I'm talking <laughs> and thinking of things. And no, that would, that would have made it too hard. All right, well, I'll, I'll get the guys to ask you on Friday. So you got a couple of days to prepare for okay. it. Then. Sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, take care. Excellent stuff, always, from our guy, Yannick Hansen. He's brought to you by Magnuson Auto Group, Metro Ford, Port Coquitlam, and Magnuson Ford in Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser to serve you. Canucks game day today. Canucks Central will uh, set it all up with a pregame show later on this evening, plus uh, Dan Riccio and Satyar Shaw at the pregame show. I'll be back later with Satyar Shaw on the postgame show as well. Brett Festerling, Brendan Batchelor on the call this evening. It all gets going against the big, bad, rugged Tampa Bay Lightning. Should be a fun one. Uh, check it all out tonight here on Sportsnet 650.